0: This is the Ray Hanania on Politics podcast, which explores issues I raise in my award-winning syndicated political columns that run in Chicagoland newspapers each week. You can get information on all my writings and my podcasts by visiting www.hanania.com. Thank you for listening. I always want to hear your thoughts, so feel free to email me your comments. So uh, this past two weeks, I've written about two topics uh, in my columns uh, here. One of them has to do with, uh, it's titled, Congress cares more about foreign interests than um, the interests of Americans. Um, and then the second column, of course, had to do with the fact that this past week, we, most of us, not everybody, but most of us celebrated and commemorated uh, Columbus Day. And the column that I wrote was called Columbus Day is Democracy and a challenge to the tyranny that we face. But let me start with the first topic about how Congress is willing to put the interests of a foreign country above the interests of Americans. You know, back in August, President Joe Biden introduced a $1 trillion infrastructure bill and a $3.5 trillion budget package That would advance many of the programs embraced by the Democrats. These are a lot of these programs uh, ostensibly were to help the American people. It included $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure plans and a broader spending plan to fund programs favored by the Democrats. The plan would also fund the U.S. government, so we wouldn't have like a government shutdown. That happens occasionally, right? We've seen that. By early September, uh, remember, this was introduced uh, last summer. By early early September, it became clear the Republicans were not going to easily support Biden's budget proposals. And even several key Democrats were concerned about some of the big spending provisions. So much of the money uh, would go to help uh, bolster welfare, provide money to people who have decided not to return to work and rely on government support and it would also bolster bolster social service programs for that constituency and that's a hardcore constituency of the far-left democratic party and there was a schism in the democratic party over some of these spending plans there were more conservative democrats a few like mansion who was really concerned about how much money we were spending but for biden this was really important he had to get it through But the huge spending bills have gotten bogged down, as you've seen, in partisan debate internally between the Democrats and between the Democrats and the Republicans. So in the beginning of September, Biden was forced to introduce a $3.5 billion stopgap funding bill to prevent the shutdown of government, as they argued, over this budget plan and infrastructure plan that Biden was trying to get through the House and then the Senate. There was no timetable back then, and many feared that the fight could last through the fall. It might even go through you know, next, this coming winter. But there was one problem. Biden's financial package included a $1 billion giveaway to Israel, a foreign country. Now, in my column, I am a little uh, coy, And I'll say the bill included a $1 billion giveaway to a specific foreign country because as soon as you bring up the name Israel, it gets away from politics and it turns into uh, some type of uh, racial thing where when you criticize Israel, for some reason, you're anti-Semitic, which isn't the truth. I criticize all governments. It doesn't matter what government it is. When governments do good, I praise them. When governments do bad, I point it out and I criticize it. But the fact was that in this bogged down financial package that's supposed to help the American people, there was this one provision for a measly $1 billion, if $1 billion can be measly, um, that would help Israel and give Israel what it wanted to do. Everything was going to be bogged down. So what happens? The Democrats and the Republicans, they all got together there 435 members of Congress, for example, and 424 of them got together and approved removing the $1 billion giveaway to Israel out of the bigger budget package so they could all come together and vote to give Israel the $1 billion that it wanted. and doesn't have to pay back to the American taxpayers uh, to supplement a program called the Iron Dome. And the Iron Dome is a program that allows Israel to bomb the heck out of any country and especially the Gaza Strip, but prohibits anyone from bombing Israel. It's a shield Um, so they can go into Gaza and fire two, three hundred missiles at civilian targets, kill who knows how many civilians and militants um, and do it without impunity. Uh, without worrying that uh, Hamas in Gaza will fire rockets back that will hit the Israelis. So they wanted this $1 billion. 424 Democrats and Republicans got together and signed that bill to remove it out of the bogged down larger multi-trillion dollar package that Biden had introduced, the $3.5 trillion budget package that would advance programs that were embraced by the democrats to help the american people that's stuck in debate but the one billion dollars they all moved to take it out now eleven members of congress didn't vote for it nine voted against and two abstained from the vote uh, that maybe they just didn't want to be called anti-semitic because when you vote against anything that has to do with israel's government you're, they don't add argue the issues They don't criticize you and debate the issues. All they do is they criticize you personally. And they like to say that you're anti-Semitic or that you're anti-democratic or that you're a racist or that you hate this, blah, blah, blah. The fact is that Israel's government is a government. It's taking $1 billion in tax dollars from the American people, and that $1 billion is being taken without them asking us to do it now to me that symbolized what's wrong with our government we are able to come together to help a foreign country but we can't come together to help the american people we can't come together to approve the programs to address the needs of the american people to fix the infrastructure we can't come together to put money into uh... preserving and protecting uh... americans from increasing crime all the we can't come together to help the needy in america because that is okay to debate and argue and stall it for as long as possible they were like i said able to pass a stopgap measure so that government wouldn't shut down but that was even in question as to whether they could do it there was a big debate and a fight over that but the one billion dollars for the government of israel a foreign country wow that passed its super speed light without any real resistance only nine members of Congress voted against it. Unbelievable. Now on another issue, um, last this past Monday was Columbus Day. And honestly, I have a very strong feeling about Christopher Columbus. Um, to me, this drive to erase Christopher Columbus Day is an example of the real threat of true racism that we face in America. It's a challenge to our democracy. Columbus, to me, was a hero who should be celebrated for bringing a higher level of civilization to North America. But those who claim to be the victims of his quote-unquote racism are, in fact, hypocrites. They've criticized Columbus Day. They've torn down Columbus statues. The Joint uh, Civic Committee of Italian Americans has filed a lawsuit against the Chicago Park District and also against Mayor Lori Lightfoot, um, arguing that they had no right to tear down a Columbus statue that was in Grant Park by contract. Um, They took that down last year in the midst of these George Floyd protests. Um, And they did it without doing it in a democratic fashion. They surrendered to a minority. And when I use the term minority, I'm not talking about race or ethnicity. I'm talking about quantitative minority, a small group of fanatics and extremists who wanted the Columbus statue taken down. Um, They demanded it be taken down, and Mayor Lightfoot went along with it because it's her constituents. It's not about what's good for Chicago, good for Cook County, or good for Illinois, or even good for America. It was about what was good for Lori Lightfoot. So the Park District, which Lightfoot controls, uh, agreed to let the statue come down and Lori Lightfoot took it down they have it someplace we don't know what the status is of that statue um, and I hope they didn't destroy it but the real issue though is why Columbus Columbus was just one explorer in a series of explorers and events in world history but because of his sacrifices this country of America owes him a great debt Had it not been for him landing in the Caribbean, which was really the gateway to the North American continent and South America, it was right in there. His discovery of that, he thought he was trying to find an easy way to get to the spices of the East. He landed, and the first place was a a little island in what we now now call the Bahamas today, and uh, he declared it uh, for Spain. He was Italian, um, but the ships were financed by the spanish queen and when he came here many people said well he brought with him devastation to the indigenous populations as if there was no devastation before columbus got here the fact is the indigenous populations that columbus met when he got here in 1492 um, were indigenous populations that were in fact migratory populations from other places who came into North America and destroyed the prior indige- indigenous populations who were here? And I'll give you an example. Um, we can look at uh, um, the Native Americans, like the Comanches, one of the most brutal Native American tribes of all the tribes. And there were there were lots of them, but there were five of the worst. And Comanches were the worst, most brutal. They enslaved people. Yeah. They enslaved people. They had slaves. They conquered people, took their lands. They spread through the Great Plains of North America on horseback. And what's the difference between enslaving and conquering on horseback or crossing the Atlantic in a boat? There is no difference. The end result was that populations that were here before the Native Americans were wiped out, destroyed massacred and enslaved and you can go back through history and you will see this progression but nobody wants to start and look back in history so they wanted the timetable to start at 1492 they wanted the moment of transgression to begin in 1492 and they throw in all these false hypocritical assertions that are absolutely not true the enslavement the United States had slaves but what they were the first countries that had slaves no there were countries before them in fact slavery began in africa by african tribes that conquered other tribes and took the survivors of those conquests and turned them into slaves and this is like four or five six hundred years ago and it continued and then it became a transcontinental thing where these slaves were sold To white European settlers and white European business people um, who came in and bought those slaves from the African tribes and brought them to Europe and to the United States to the Americas so slavery isn't just something you can't just start in one point in history and say that slavery began when a white person enslaved somebody from the African continent because that's just not true every society has engaged in racism every society has engaged in conquest every society has engaged in racism and it's the hypocrisy that I'm most upset about that you can single out Christopher Columbus and say that somehow he's unique he may have been one of the latest to do what they accuse him of doing but all prior history to him was done by others. And they don't want to acknowledge that because it involves them. Even down in Central America, when you look at the Aztecs, when you look at uh, Hernan Cortez when he landed in Mexico and conquered the Aztecs in the 16th century, nobody talks about what happened before Cortez uh, landed off the shores of Central America and Mexico. Nobody talks about that because the Aztecs migrated and were conquerors who brought their society to the indigenous populations that were there and destroyed them enslaved them they had this practice where they would take these slaves and sacrifice them atop these spectacularly built pyramids that today's tourists visit in awe and ignorance the aztecs arrived 300 years before Hernan Cortez arrived, and they destroyed the indigenous populations, and yet the Aztecs are celebrated, and we see monuments to them. But Christopher Columbus, they have to tear that down. Why? Because it's not the reality or the truth of the issue. It has become a symbol of racism, that they've taken racism and in a hypocritical way turned it into a political weapon. They've weaponized racism using hypocrisy to achieve their goals. And I'm talking about a minority of extremists who don't have the vote to beat the majority because America's democracy is founded on majority rules. Now, there are uh, things that can be done to protect against the tyranny of the majority, but in this case, it's the tyranny of the minority. And the way the minority, and again, I'm not talking about individuals, of race or religion or nationality i'm talking about minority in a quantitative sense the these minorities the small group of fanatics these extremists have realized and recognized that racism is an effective bludgeon they can attack you the majority and bully and intimidate you into a silence and that's what's happening as extremist lawbreakers go around the country and tear down those Columbus statues. They have no right to do it and we have to stop it. Those are two of the topics that I have. I think that Columbus Day is an important day and I think it's one of the most important holidays that we celebrate. I think that Columbus Day represents Freedom Day from hypocrisy and lies. Let's hold every ethnic and racial group to the same standard of justice, and principles, which, by the way, is also one of the foundations of democracy that the fanatics are seeking to change. By the way, I want to remind you that if you go to my website at hanania.com or suburbanchicagoland.com, you'll find links to a podcast that I did with John Cass, uh, the former Chicago Tribune writer who was chased from his job by these radical left-wing extremists who didn't like his conservative views, attacking him and calling him anti-Semitic for criticizing George Soros. Now, I thought George Soros was Greek-American. It turns out he's Jewish, and they accused John Cass, ridiculously, of being anti-Semitic. It just shows you how pathetic this country is. So, if you get a chance, go there and listen to that podcast from John Cass. I'm Ray Hanania you've been listening to Ray Hanania on politics. I am Ray Hanania and I appreciate you uh, listening to my views and my opinions about major topics. Um, As you know, I read about mainstream and Middle East issues. This is my mainstream politics. My website is Hanania.com. If you want more information, please visit there. Thank you so much for listening.